0: You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges Nashville is a church plant in the heart of Music City, meeting at the Listening Room Cafe in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Here's this week's message. Well, praise God. Y'all got real quiet on me all of a sudden. How's everybody doing? Everybody feeling good in the house today? Come on, give Jesus one more praise, and we'll, we'll, we'll get things kicked off here. And so just, man, that was just... It's something about that where you can step into God's presence and just feel God. And I never want to rush those moments, but always feel like we can just just enjoy the presence of God. Amen. Just enjoy. And 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 I just, man, we, we just we hit a moment, a very powerful moment in that in that time. And I just want us to always be mindful of that. And even as, you know, Spirit of God spoke to me, even as as we transition uh, our keyboard player who's uh, here with us today. Tell me your name one more time. Kenaniah. Kenaniah. That's a that's a tongue twister. Kenaniah. I love that. Isn't that a cool name? That's a Bible name. Kenaniah. And so I said, Hey Kenaniah, can you just stay up here with me and play a little bit? And because it's just something about having that atmosphere. Amen. And uh, so y'all give him a hand clap to encourage him. He was like, he's like, I've never done that before. And I said, Well, there's a first time for everything. I said, don't worry, I have. So we're going we're gonna to make this work. And so he's just, and I just, I just I, I know when I feel God. And I know that you just let God be God, amen? And so God's on him, and he's just going to, he's going to play. I'm going to minister the word of God, and uh, we're going to see what God has in store for all of us, amen? Y'all ready for this? Now, uh, we've been in a series called All to Jesus. Everybody say, All to Jesus. All to Jesus. And Kind of learning, what does that look like in our everyday walk with Christ? In our everyday Monday through Saturday with Christ, what does that look like? What is God really requiring from us to live a life unto him? And y'all remember last week, just giving give a little recap, we talked about um, being a worshiper. And we talked about, you know, you don't have to wear skinny jeans to be a worshiper. Y'all remember that one? Okay. You don't have to have long hair. You don't have to have, here's here's a new one for you. You don't have to have Nike shoes to be a worshiper. (laughs) I'm not even looking at Patrick right now because he's like, what's up with that, man? You You don't need fog machines to be a worshiper. You don't have to sing in the right key to be a worshiper. Amen. You don't have to play an instrument to be a worshiper. Anybody can worship simply by opening up your heart, your mouth to God, and just loving on God. And we talked about when we gather together, is it, or come into the presence of God, is it it all about us or is it all about God? You remember I told the story about the Titans fan, The, the, the fanatic who showed up and he came to support the Titans. And I went to the game, it was all about me. I wanted my experience to be a good, lasting experience. And God taught me a lesson through that. So He requires all of our worship. And we're going to dive in a little bit further today. We're going to talk about the rich, young ruler. Everybody say, rich, young ruler. Now, don't tune me out thinking, some of you, as soon as you heard rich, young ruler, you're thinking, okay, he's going to to preach about, about I got to give money. No, we're not talking about that. Okay? But I believe there's a word in here for all of us as we continue on talking about surrendering all to Jesus. Now, if you're taking notes, write this down. Don't forget this one statement. Surrendering all to Jesus doesn't mean losing all to Jesus. So many times when we hear that word surrender, we think, what do I have to give up? When I was younger and it was like, you know, the thing was, man, you know what? I'll come to Jesus when I'm older because I want to have a lot of fun right now. Meaning, I want, to, I want to do some things I shouldn't be doing right now. I don't want to give that up right now. I'll get to Jesus later. And we, we, it's been programmed in our minds to think that, man, when we're surrendering everything to Jesus, we're going to have this, this blah, vanilla life with nothing. Because I gave it all to Jesus, now I ain't got nothing. That, that's not what it means. Surrendering all to Jesus doesn't mean losing all to Jesus. And we're going to find the answers to that in this, in this passage of Scripture. If you've got your Bibles. Go to Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. Say amen when you get there. I see you right now. Some of you on your devices, you're flipping, scrolling. Some people turning pages and, and uh, cool. Cool. Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. We're going to start there. Uh, this is a little story where uh, a young, rich person comes up to Jesus. And uh, y'all know me. We're going to read a little scripture. We're going to dive into it. And then we're going to uh, explain it a little bit as well. It says, now behold, one came and said to him, good teacher. Say that with me. Good teacher. Say it like you're a preacher. Good teacher. Give you one more chance. Good teacher. Good teacher. What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he, meaning Jesus, said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. Now, I want to camp out here because living a life for Christ is not just, God, how can I be a good person? You ever ever have, have tried to be a good person like, If I can just be a good person and be kind to people. And Jesus said, why do you call me good? Now, if Jesus had every opportunity to say, man, yeah, I am good. I am, because we sing about it all the time. Jesus, you are what? Good. But Jesus said, I'm not even good. There's only one that's good, and that's God. So I don't think we have to strive to be good. And this passage will teach us that it's not about striving, but surrendering. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Say that with me. Keep the commandments. Say it again. Keep the commandments. Now, how many commandments did God give us? How many? Okay, that's cool. Ten, ten commandments. Somebody, somebody repeat them for me. Uh-huh. Look at that. But I love that. As she's holding twin boys, honor thy mother and thy father. I love that. So she, she quoted a few, so, which is very interesting because there's ten commandments. Jesus told him, hey, keep the commandments. And he said, everybody say he said. Meaning the, the rich young ruler said to him, which ones? Do you want me to keep? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, so you can't kill anybody. Okay, if you want this eternal life. Now, here's the thing. Anybody ever broken a commandment? And guess what? You're still here. I mean, no, there's forgiveness. Amen? Anybody ever kill anybody? Just, just, see, everybody looked up like, whoa any hand go up then and be like okay just, just keep an eye on that one right there security just, we love you but you no, nah, I'm just he said you can't kill anybody you can't commit adultery meaning stay faithful to your spouse you shall not steal anybody ever stole something like just you didn't steal it you just anybody ever walked out of a store and forgot to pay for something what'd you do you just kept on going because I was way down the road. I did it the other day, but because I get sidetracked. And so I, had, I went in and got me a little drink from Twice Daily. This is my son's favorite spot to go to. Okay, jumped in the car. I, I walked in and grabbed it and walked right out of the store. Lion, devil. I mean, not know that devil was trying to get me. And walked right, jumped in the car, took off down the road. And I'm like, I'm drinking. It's like, oh, I didn't even pay for this. Then I'm like, okay, they got me on video. I better turn around. <laughs> but the thought was, it's like, okay, in my heart, I didn't steal it. But in reality, what did I do? I mean, I can't explain to the cop. Well, you know, in my heart, I did not steal that soda. I just, I didn't do it. But in, in the video, it says I did Driving down the road, but I turned around, went back to pay for it. You ever gone back in, Then you, they look at you like a deer in headlights. I'm like, hey, I walked in and I took this soda and I walked out and I forgot to pay for it. And they were like, oh, just forget it, Adonis. Because I I go there often. (laughs) So Heather's like, yeah, I'm always there. So no, just go, we'll catch you next time. So, you know, but we've all have done things and broken some commandments and there's forgiveness in those. He says, don't steal, you should not bear false witness. This is a big one, anybody ever told a lie? Amen? And anybody ever tell a good lie with good intentions? Like, if you're married, your wife asks you, how does this dress look on me? Even if it's not your favorite color, what do you do? That's the awesome dress. That is just awesome. Or how does this dinner taste? Delicious. (laughs) That's right. That's that's the answer. He said, don't lie. Don't bear false witness. He says, honor your father and your mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor. Anybody anybody ever been mad at their neighbor? Uh Uh-huh. Just been mad. Okay. Verse 20, the young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Everybody say that with me. What do I still lack? That's a great question. If you don't get anything out of this message today, get that. That is a great question to ask Jesus when you're seeking him and and trying to walk out this Christian walk. God, what do I still lack? What, 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 What am I missing? Show me. Maybe the blind spots that I just don't see. Because I've been striving to be good. I've been striving to be a perfect Christian. I've been striving to, to do the right things. But God, God, I'm here before you today. Show me, is there anything that I'm lacking? I mean, you know when you when you go to God and ask him that He'll He'll answer you. And He'll begin. Now, here's the thing. Anybody ever have God answer them and you didn't like the answer? It cuts you? Come on. Verse 21, Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Everybody say, come follow me. Now, isn't that the basis of our Christian walk? We follow after God. We walk with Jesus. We're trying to walk this thing out. Even through the ups and the downs, we still got to walk this thing out and stay committed to Christ. And here, this rich young ruler, he's been following the Word of God. He's a blessed young man. He called him good teacher because there's that word again, good. And he's associating, if I could just be good, says, Jesus, what am I lacking? What is, what is it that I'm missing? And Jesus gave him the answer. He said, go, go sell everything you have. Now, I'm not telling you right now to go, don't be going home and going on eBay, putting all your furniture on eBay and your house and your car and all that stuff. I'm not saying that. Because I'm not Jesus. And you didn't ask me, hey, pastor, what, what one thing do I lack? But I believe if we can dive into this story it may not be riches. Now, I would, I would love for God to test me with riches. Like, God calls me to, to win the lotto, and then, and then test me with that, okay? But, but uh, you, you know, that'd be a good test. <laughs> but here, this rich young ruler, is faced with something. He's, Jesus said, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Now here's the thing, as as I go back to that that, that song, I I will be content in every circumstance. And we gotta realize that, once again, surrendering all to Jesus is not losing all. This rich young ruler did not hear those words when Jesus said, come follow me. Listen, there's great reward in following Christ. There's great reward when we commit to a life that will follow after Christ. And I believe that's what Jesus is trying to get him to see here. We never know what was on the other side of that, David, if the rich young ruler would have been like, hey, give me a few minutes, let me go put everything on eBay, sell it, give it to the poor, and I'll be right back to follow you. We never know what would have been the other side of that story. What What if in following Christ... It would have led his life to even gain more than what he had sold. What if following Christ would have put him in a, in, in, in a position of leadership where he could influence other people? You just never know what was on the other side of that because he was still holding on to it. Everybody say holding on. He was still holding on to it. Verse 22 says, But when the young man heard that saying... He went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Jesus is requiring him to surrender something that may hold first place in his heart. And this is where I want to kind of interject with you and I today. When we come to the, to the notion of surrendering all to Jesus, it doesn't mean surrender. Uh, I remember when I was in, in Bible college and. Uh, the uh the president's wife she'd teach us um during worship sometime and and you remember the song i, I surrender all uh, all to jesus i surrender and she would kind of pick on some of the girls sometimes and she would she'd be singing the song and she'd say uh jesus i surrender all everything but my boyfriend like <laughs> you, 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 you you can't have him or then she'd look at some of the guys i surrender all everything but my girlfriend or I surrender all, everything, except my, my fancy truck out there. And she was trying to, through, through that, she was trying to teach us, Jesus is not going to stand by to let something else in our life have first place in our hearts. When it comes to surrendering all, and here this young ruler, I believe Jesus was simply trying to show him, listen, You've put a lot of trust in your possessions. You've put a lot of trust in your riches. And somewhere you've built a trust relationship with what you have, not who you have standing here in front of you. And Jesus was trying to get him to let go of something that had taken first place in this man's heart. And for you and I, it may not be riches. I hope one day it is riches. Jesus, please test me. Just, Just test me. Yeah, just test me. But what is it that could have first place in our heart that takes our time, our devotion, and our worship other than Jesus Christ? not a question for me to answer for you. That's a question for you to, to go to God. God, show me. As this rich young ruler, God, God show me what am I lacking? And he said, there's there's something that has first place there. And I'm going to give you a strong answer. Just go, go, go sell it. What did he say? Go sell it. Give it to the poor. Notice he didn't just say sell it. You're done with it. But he's trying to give him a directive. It, it, it's almost like Jesus is showing some pathway here of of a life of following Christ. Jesus was concerned about the poor. Go sell it, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. But he walked away because that had first place in his life. In his mind, he thought, if I surrender all, then I'm losing all. And I just don't believe that's the life that God intended for us to have. I believe if he'd looked at it differently, I get, to, I get to surrender this and have faith for what's next for my life. See, that's a trust in God. And there's so many times that, that, that we could be after other stuff and in the pursuit of that, it could be drowning us out from our relationship with God. Let me, let me show you what I mean by that. Y'all still with me? Is this helping anybody? It's it's really helping me, okay? And um, let me show you about what I mean by that. Here we go. Well, can I just be honest with you guys? Anybody like stuff? Anybody like stuff? That's okay. It's not a trick question. (laughs) I'm not going to call you out. (laughs) But that's why your life all messed up right now. (laughs) I'm not going to say all that. But we're human. We like stuff, right? We do. We, we will. We, we like stuff. You like stuff? Yeah. Okay. We do. We like stuff. We live in a world that's full of stuff, right? It is. So let me give you this analogy real quick and see if I can make sense of this. Because I believe there are some things that weigh us down. In this earthly life, remember the Apostle Paul, the scripture says we're, we're in the world, but not of it. We're in the world. Everybody say that with me. I'm in the world, but not of it. Now, you know, tomorrow morning when you say that to a co-worker, I mean, they're going to look at you crazy. That's all right. I'm, I'm in this world, but I'm not of it. They're going to be like, I told you we hired the wrong person. <laughs> I'm in this world, but not of it in this world, but not of it. Can I give you an analogy real quick? I, I heard this the other day, and it just made so much sense. And I believe this rich young ruler was, was he had, he had, it says he had great possessions. And you think about those, those are, those are earthly possessions, David. So he's surrounded, man, he's, he's got this bank account, he's got these cars, he's got all this stuff. And in his mind, man, if I get rid of this stuff, I'm blue, I'm, I can't follow Jesus, I can't, I not Eternal life is costing too much. I don't want to let go of this stuff. So, back when I turned fifty, you guys are like, you guys are like this. When, when. back when I turned fifty, I told my wife, "Man, I want to take a trip somewhere. Go." And we went to Cape Cod. And we went to go whale watching. Anybody ever been whale watching? It's a beautiful experience, beautiful experience. So we got on this boat that drove like four, that drove. Y'all know what I'm saying. (laughs) Went out 45 minutes, right? You couldn't see land and 45, 45 minute trip out there. And they they were telling us, they, you know, they were like, well, we, we'd like to guarantee that you'll at least see one whale out there. And if you don't, we'll give you a rain check and you can come back. Well, we weren't going to stay in Cape Cod. We didn't live there. And I'm thinking, for what we paid, Lord, please let there be one well that these kids see out on this trip. Because those little boat rides weren't cheap, okay? <laughs> so we're going out there. And we don't see nothing. And the announcer, you know, she's up on the top deck, and, you know, she's talking. And, and um, finally she says, the way you can spot them, you got to look way out there, and you'll see like a, a spray of water up out, out of the water, looks like an umbrella. So we're looking all of a sudden, we're about like five minutes after she said that, you, we start to see all these little sprouts of water. So we get up there and it's like, what, like 20, 30 whales? I mean, whales everywhere. And you know, when they first started popping up, she was like, okay, there's one at one o'clock, three o'clock, and she got to the point, she goes, you know what, just look any direction. <laughs> You will see whales. They were coming up out of the water, blowing air, just left and right. And if you've ever been there, we're looking over just like a majestic ant, uh, what, not, not, mammal, right? Yes. Majestic mammal. And I began to think about that, and I heard this about the whale. It says, although, although whales live in an environment of water, They have to come up out of that and draw from something that is not a part of their environment. They said whales can actually drown. Most whales, when they drown and they beach up on, because they've drowned in an environment. Maybe Maybe they got caught up in a net, a fissure net, and they couldn't get up out of that environment to breathe in the oxygen that they needed. And as I begin to think about that, it's like, oh, okay, I get it now. Whales live in the water, but they're not of the water. Their environment doesn't provide them with the thing that can cause their life to be extended. And it took me back to that scripture. In the world, but not of it. I me mean, you know. every now and then, you got to... You've got to let go of some stuff to get your head above water. Whether that be your daily grind, whether that be your job, whether that could be issues at home, whatever that is, that's just a circumstance. And I think about these whales that are that are so huge, but if they don't come up out of that water to draw in something to give them life... That very environment will drown them. I don't know who I'm speaking to today. I'm speaking to myself as well. You guys will never look at a well the same again. (laughs) They're in the water, but not of the water. We're in this world, but not of it. This world can provide us with nothing that can sustain us for eternal life. Y'all tracking with me? And Jesus called this rich young ruler out and it was specific to his situation because the very thing that he'd collected was going to eventually suffocate him because he chose that over following Christ. Y'all tra- track with me. We've got to get to a place where we can say, hey, you know what? Even even stuff that I have, I can't let that creep into my heart and take first place over my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I believe when we really get serious about, God, I'm going to follow you no matter what. Anybody ever said that? Or how about this? God, if you get me out of this situation... <laughs> I'm going to be in church every time the door is open. God, I'm going to be a good person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my Bible. I'm going to pray until the next situation happens. Let's jump back here. We'll close this up in just a moment here. Verse 22 But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Verse 23, then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly I say to you that it is hard, everybody say hard. It's, hard. it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again I say to you, it is easier for a camel, now you've learned about whales, now you're to learn about camels. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? Verse 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now, Jesus said it's going to be easier. Now, now don't just asphyxiate on the rich man. I believe what God is telling us, if anybody has anything that takes first place in their life over, over choosing to follow Christ. That's going to prevent you. That's going to stop you from surrendering everything to Jesus. Jesus is not going to be standing in heaven at the gates and we come up there after, you know, when it's our time. He's not going to be like, well, I know you didn't love me completely. (laughs) I mean, you guys would marry somebody who didn't love you completely. All the single girls, like, no, I, I see them. They give me all kind of dirty looks So, <laughs> <laughs> Like, how you going to sit there <laughs> no, you just wouldn't do that. So Jesus said it this way. It goes, easier for a rich man, and we're not just talking about riches today, but if there's something that you've accumulated, something that has first priority in your heart, in your life, hear the words of Jesus saying, okay, you, you need to, you need to sell that give it away in whatever shape form or fashion that that looks like for you what is that that you need to give that away that you need to surrender that to Jesus and trust that that it may not be the last time you see it but you're going to trust that as you surrender that God's got something down the road for you Jesus said it's easier for a camel anybody ever seen a camel up close I know they're big they're huge. We went on a, a drive-through safari, and this camel tried to stick his head in the the, the car. And I'm like, "Okay, let's go, let's go." <laughs> They're huge. He said, "It's easier for one of those camels to get through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man, or for somebody who's holding on to what they have—a person, a job, or uh, what they've accumulated." We've always heard this, David. You can't take it with you. So Jesus is saying it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than for somebody to carry a bunch of stuff into eternity. What's he saying? Now, the first time I ever read that scripture, like you, you probably thought, okay, a camel going through the eye of a needle? Anybody ever think that? I see y'all looking at me like y'all all, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how can a camel get through a, like a little, a needle that you sew with? Like, how can a camel get through the eye of a needle? That's, that's what I first thought. But what it is, back in Jerusalem, guys, they had these, these gates around the city. This is, this is, this is. And when the gates were closed, they had smaller doors. Anybody have any pets at home? Like a dog, a cat? Okay, so it, it'd be kind of equivalent to if you had a, your front door and then you want your pet to be able to get in and out, what do you have down there? A, a little doggy door. That's what the eye of the needle is. So instead of opening the larger gates around the city, they had these little doggy doors. And for a camel to get through there, the owner of that camel would have to unpack what the camel was carrying. It wasn't an easy thing. They'd have to get on top of that that, because all their stuff was on this camel. So they got to get up there, start unpacking it, take it off the camel. And then that camel, they had to get him from standing to kneeling down. So now he's in this almost like a posture of, okay, I'm, I'm surrendered now. This camel, this huge animal. And not only that, the owner would have to work with that camel to squeeze him through that little door. And Once he got him on the other side, guess what he did? He stood back up. And the stuff that he had to take off of him, guess what? It was still there. See, that's what we don't understand as I hear this excuse all the time. Well, man, if I come to Christ and I can't, I can't have this, I can't do that. No, you can't. It's, it's going to be supersized. It's going to be a lot better. Once that camel got through, the owner would, would put the stuff right back on him. It. it was just a temporary moment, a transition of surrendering to get to the next place. And Now, think about this rich young ruler. Man. The life he walked away from, from following Jesus, we'll never know what Jesus had in store for him. We can dream about it and think about it, but we can trust that it had to be 20 times better than the possessions that he had. So much for Jesus to already know his, yeah, just, just go sell them, just go sell them. Just, just go sell them. Just go sell your house, sell your keyboard. I got something better for you. I mean, that would take trust. Jesus has something better as we commit to surrendering all to him, following him, and seeing what's on the side. Just this help anybody today? Yeah. Come on, give me a hand clap to encourage me. It, it helped me as, as I think about it. Stand up with me. We're going to be dismissed in just a few moments as we enter back into worship, but but don't forget that guys. I, I it's always our heart here at Bridges is, is just to help people walk out this this Christian faith, this this walk. What does that look like on an on an everyday basis? What does it look like when we're faced with situations and And God gives us an answer, and the Holy Spirit is pressing us to, to maybe let go of something. That ever happened to anybody? Where You know God is, is knocking at the door, and it's not, it's not to rob you. I mean, you know, Jesus wasn't jealous of his possessions. Jesus didn't say, go, go sell what you have and, and give me a cut of it. <laughs> He didn't say go sell what you have and give a portion to my ministry. He, he just said, go sell it, give it to the poor. And then come follow me. I'm telling you, this is, this is where we have an opportunity. And he says, come follow me. Man, that's a life that I believe is full of rewards. And I feel so sorry for that rich young ruler who who walked away sorrowful letting go of a life that Jesus was about to show him. Listen, there's great things in store for each and every one of us, whether you're here in Nashville or whether you're watching online. There's great things in store for you as you stay committed to following Jesus Christ when you hit those moments where he requires you to surrender something in any area of your life don't look at it like you're losing but look at it as if you're gaining something trust him he knows what he's doing in your life father we thank you for your word today seal it in our hearts Even as we walk out of this place today, Lord God, may we meditate upon your word. May we go back to that passage of scripture on our own to seek more revelation from you of how do we apply that to our life? What does that look like? If I don't have riches, but I have things and maybe my priorities are out of order. Maybe I put too much value on other stuff and it's, it's taken place and root somewhere in my heart and I, I, need, I need to surrender that. My prayer is that we all walk out of here listening to the voice of Jesus as he requires all of us to surrender all, follow him, and experience the life he has for us. We thank you, Father closing moments of this service we're just gonna have a moment of worship this is where it's you and God and in this moment let God speak to you or ask him that one question what is it that I'm lacking that I still lack God and I believe he'll answer thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast to find out more about us and who we are, check out our website at BridgesNashville.com or find us on social media at Bridges Nashville.